to be with you folks again. Privileged to fill in for Brother Andy as he's up in our nation's capital, up that way. Maybe the present administration there will get a little word when he's up there. We certainly hope so. If you have your Bibles, please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Going to be looking at a few verses in chapter 2 and then move on to chapter 3. Some of you uh, older folks will remember that the dean of preachers in America a number of years ago was a man by the name of R.G. Lee. Dr. Lee was a marvelous preacher. He was pastor of the famous uh, Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, and you remember Adrian Rogers followed him, and uh, that's always been a great church, and uh, He's always been a masterful preacher, and uh, he preaches uh, heaven sweet, hell hot, and Jesus saves. Never made any apologies for his excoriating preaching. And uh, one uh, Sunday, he had preached an especially uh, excoriating message, and uh, as he was standing on the front steps greeting his people goodbye, one lady came up and she said, Dr. Lee. I'll have you know I didn't appreciate that message. And he said in his inimitable way, and neither did the devil, lady, classify yourself. (laughs) So that's what I want us to do today. I want us to classify ourselves, uh, not by man's arbitrary classification system. We look on people as uh, educated or uneducated, uh, wealthy or poor or black or white or yellow or red, but God looks upon all people in this world in one of three classifications. Uh, God says in his word that we are either natural or second classification, spiritual or third classification, uh, the kind of person that God doesn't want us to be. Uh, the kind of person who is carnal. So let's move through the scriptures and allow them to help us to classify ourselves this morning. Now, uh, first of all, uh, in uh, chapter 2, verse 14, we read about the natural person. God, in his word here, says, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned or spiritually understood. Now, uh, in a little pithy way, uh, you can say about the natural person and remember about him by simply remembering that the natural person does that which comes naturally. Doesn't matter what God says, doesn't matter what anybody else says, just just follow your own impressions. Do that which comes naturally. Now, there are uh, three characteristics of the natural man. The first characteristic that we notice is that the natural man, the natural person, is born into a natural world. He only experiences one birth. And nature may have formed him, and the school tries to inform him, and 
Sin tries to deform him and the law tries to reform him, but only Christ can transform him. Christ in you, the very hope of glory. Now, this man is uh, not only born into a natural world, he's blind to the spiritual world. Now, he can appreciate things. He can come into a service like this and say, boy, those folks could really pray, play those instruments, couldn't they? And he could say, man, that, that choir really sang well. And boy, he really is impressed when he sees people put money, their good hard-earned money into a plate and uh, just be giving as he thinks away. So he can appreciate things like that. But you see, uh, right now in this room, there are some TV waves that are going through. There's a ball game going on here. There's probably a golf game there. Probably somebody preaching here and somebody singing there. But you know, we can't see or hear those things right now because we don't have the antenna or the uh, uh, method of a little TV set or something that can receive those things. And that's the way the natural man is. Uh, he can appreciate things, but he has no comprehension of anything that's spiritual. He can appreciate all those things we've done so far, but when the preacher gets up to preach, he doesn't have any more insight into what the preacher's going to say about God's Word doesn't have as much, even if he's a Ph.D. professor, as a little 10-year-old girl who's met the Lord Jesus and who has the Spirit of God living in her heart. So he just doesn't have the right antenna or the right receptor. So he is born into a natural world. He's blind to the spiritual world. And also he is bound to the material world. In other words, he just lives a good dog's life. Have you ever thought about it? Dogs have it made here in America, don't they? I mean, you give a dog a warm place to sleep, give him a little uh, uh, food to eat, get his tummy full, and then uh, uh, give him a little fulfillment, let him catch a cat or something like that. He is just as fulfilled as he can be. He's like a man falling off of a hundred-store building, he's on the 50th floor, and you say, how you doing? He says, so far, so good. Just doesn't really know what is ahead, does he? Uh, and you know, that's the way it is with people. You give a man a nice place to stay, you give him something to eat, give him a little fulfillment, pat him on the back every once in a while, and he's perfectly happy. And tragically and sadly, so many people in our world are living that way today. They have no idea what is really ahead. So that is the natural man, born into a natural world, blind to the spiritual world, and bound to the material world. Now, the second category is found in chapter 2, verse 15. He that is spiritual discerns or judges all things. Yet he himself is discerned or understood of no man. Now, the spiritual person, we said the natural man just does that which comes naturally. The spiritual man does that which comes supernaturally. And there are three characteristics of him as well. The first thing is he lives by the direction of the Spirit of God. Now, this man 
has received the Spirit. The Bible says, if any man have not the Spirit of God, he's none of his. And the very moment you genuinely trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit comes and takes up residence within you. So this man has received the Spirit. He's been born twice. He's been born once naturally or physically. And secondly, he's been born, as Jesus told Nicodemus, born from above. The Spirit of God is living within him. Now, not every person who is a Christian has the same comprehension or understanding of spiritual things. For instance, uh, uh, I, I think, however, most Christians would tell you this, Christianity is more than just a creed. It's more than just a cause. It's more than just a church. Christianity is Christ in you, the very hope of glory. Now, uh, <clears throat> This man is not just interested in getting out of earth into heaven. He's interested in getting a lot of heaven right down here on the earth and right down here in his life. And uh, he also not only lives by the Spirit, he learns from the Spirit. Have you discovered that there are many things that you don't just learn in school, you learn in other ways? Especially as a Christian... You have the Spirit of God living within you, who is also your teacher. And uh, at least uh, most Christians understand that you don't come to God head first, you come to Him heart first. And once your heart gets taken care of, then a lot of wonderful things will come into your head that you never knew before or that you never understood before. Now, I'm not preaching any doctrine of laziness uh, I don't mean that you don't have to worry about anything and you can just uh, uh, instantly the minute the spirit comes in you be a mature Christian that's really not so this morning in our Sunday school class we were talking about uh, spiritual maturity we we're talking about people growing in the things of the Lord how Moses over and over and over and over repeated things now, if you have your Bible, please turn and mark a certain verse, because most Christians I've discovered don't know this verse. However, it's extremely important. It is found in the book of Hebrews, chapter 5, verse 14. And it speaks about Christian people. And it says, these are people who by reason of use, reason of use, have their senses exercised, to understand good or evil. Now, what does that mean? It means this. You read or you hear the Word of God, and you don't just hear it, you put it into practice. And then you read some more and put it into practice. You read some more, hear some more, put it into practice. Put it into practice. Put it into practice. Put it into practice. And somewhere along the way, you will gain a portion of spiritual maturity. You see, you can grow a squash in 40 days, but it takes 40 years to grow a big oak tree, doesn't it? And so the uh, spiritual man lives by the Spirit, learns from the Spirit, and also he is liberated by the Spirit. Look in verse 15 again. But he that is spiritual discerns all things, yet... He himself is judged or understood of no man. Folks, 
one of the most wonderful things about the Christian life is this. Jesus said, if you come to know the truth, the truth will make you free. You don't have to worry about what other people think. You don't have to worry about what you have. You don't have to worry about anything else in order for people to accept you because if you're pleasing to God, you're okay. You're in good shape, and you're going to make it. We don't have to be worried so much about how we look or how we dress or what somebody else thinks of us. That is real freedom. That is real liberation. So, uh, you know what the problem that most Christians have is? We're people who have been twice born living in a world of once born people. And they're never going to understand us until they come to know the Lord Jesus Christ themselves. So, we've talked about the natural man does that which comes naturally. Talked about the spiritual person does that which comes supernaturally. And finally here, in chapter 3, verse 1, we mention the carnal person. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as babies in Christ. I fed you with milk, not with meat. Hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet are you able, for you are yet carnal. Whereas as among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? You know, even in the early church, they had problems with carnality. Some people would say, oh, I just love the preaching of Simon Peter. He tells it like it is. And others would say, oh, I just love Paul. He is such a deep intellectual man. And others would say, oh, I just love Apollos. He is a silver-tongued orator. Now, folks, it's okay for you to affirm your pastor and stand up for him. But you don't want to rally around any human being because any human being is one day going to let you down. You rally around Jesus. You build your life upon him. And I guarantee you, you'll never be deserted or let down by him at all. So, the carnal man does that which comes unnaturally. Now, uh, <clears throat> there are three characteristics to him as well. First of all, the carnal person is spiritually deformed. He's saved. If he died, he'd go to heaven. He's saved, but he is defeated. He's not honoring the Lord Jesus in his life. He's not bearing the kind of fruit he ought to in his life. He's not fulfilling God's purpose for his life. Now, he's spiritually, I would say, just deformed. You know, I grew up in the little town of Oxford, Alabama. At that time, its population was about 2,000, and everybody in Oxford knew each other and most everybody in Oxford tried to run each other's business. It's just one of those little towns that you grow up in. And actually, there's so many wonderful things about that. And there was a guy in our town whose name was Lane Thweet. I don't think you've probably ever heard that last name. But Lane, he stood, but Lane, he stood six feet two inches tall, weighed 250 pounds, and was as strong as an ox. 
I carried papers at that time. That was my first job. I had 136 customers. And, uh, you know, on Thursdays when the advertisements came out for the weekend and on Sundays, those papers were really thick. I couldn't even get them all in my bag. I could hardly even pick them all up at one time. So I was an entrepreneur even back in those days, and I employed Lane Thweet to be my substitute. I paid him a quarter a day. You say, you skin flint. Listen, others were just paying 20 cents a day for help. And what I do, I got an extra bag, and we could get all 136 on those thick days in two bags. Lane had one on each shoulder, and we'd walk along together, and I'd get it and fold it, throw it up, get it and fold it up, and we would get around just fine. You know, everybody loved Lane. Now, some of you older folks know this. Some of these younger folks think I'm, I'm telling them a story. But in those days, you could get a 12-ounce bottle of Pepsi-Cola for, for a nickel. I started singing that little jingle for you. <laughs> Twice as much for a nickel to Pepsi-Cola is a drink for you. You remember that, don't you, Tom? <laughs> you could also get an RC Cola, Royal Crown Cola for 12 ounces. Now, Lane could take one of those, and he could turn it up and never bring the swigging down till he killed it all, 12 ounces. He must have had asbestos lining in his throat. And people all over town would buy one for him just to see him chug it down. He'd drink 10 or 12 of those things a day. Uh, Lane would dress out with a football team on Friday nights, and he would run out on the field, had his helmet and everything. And everybody would be cheering for Lane. You could go anywhere in town, and they knew Lane Thweet. But you know what? Lane was a 250-pound man, 6 feet 2 inches tall, but he had the mind of a 5-year-old. Now, his parents and his family appreciated how kind the people of Oxford were too lame, but they had much rather him been a normal boy. And you know, God is that way about you. You're a carnal person, you're saved, you're going to go to heaven, and God loves you. But God had much rather you be a normal Christian, a genuinely normal Christian obeying him, trying to keep his commandments, and seeking to please him than just a person who does it every once in a while when it's convenient with you. So, the carnal person is spiritually deformed. And you know, I, I, I was thinking about this last night as I tried to go to sleep. Uh, <clears throat> there are so many carnal people in our churches at large today. You know, the, the preacher spends all week trying to get that uh, meat of the word sort of pre-digested down into milk form so that he can feed them. And so he does that. They come on Sunday. They haven't done any reading of God's word, the, the carnal people. And uh, then he feeds them that pre-digested uh, uh, word or the uh, uh, real meat of the word. And, and he puts it down into milk form so they can understand it and then shakes hands with them at the door and burps them as they're living. Well, that's the way it is in most of our churches today. 
I'm sorry to say. So the carnal person is very, he's very spiritually deformed. He's not what God wants him to be. Secondly, he is dependent. Now, uh, it's okay for children to be dependent. That's normal. That's the way it ought to be. But when a person is grown up, it's, it's very abnormal for him to be dependent on everybody else. I mean, uh, we have, uh, <laughs> I remember when we, uh, we first started having grandchildren, got 20 of them now. I don't know how many great-grandchildren we have. I let my wife keep up with that. But anyway, uh, I remember when the first ones came along, double dose, Joshua and Jeremy had twins at first. And we were so excited to be in that uh, grandparent category. And we were looking forward to when they would get to come to our house and let us keep them for a while. And so uh, I remember the day came and uh, they were going to be with us several days. And my wife went out to the yard sales and bought high chairs and other kind of equipment and so they wouldn't have to bring all that stuff along, uh, play pens or whatever. And I remember we sat them down in our kitchen in those high chairs, put bibs on them, put the little tray on there, and then we set the food out. Some went into their hair, some went into their ears, some went into their mouth, and it was all over the trays and all over the floor there. But you know what? That was normal. They were learning. They were learning, and they were still dependent. But folks, it would be something else if they were 16 years old and they were feeding like that. And you know, that's the way it is in so many of our churches with so many of our carnal people. Ain't nobody been to visit me. I've been in this church six months. Nobody visited me. Well, Buster, why don't you go out and visit somebody else? That'll do you some good. And uh, you won't be so centered around your own self. So the uh, carnal person is spiritually deformed. He's spiritually dependent. He's also very divisive. You know, it's sad, but true. Every church has some problems. Every church has from time to time some misunderstandings or some church fusses. Uh, I think most of us have been in churches that have had some of those. They're, they're terrible to go through. I, I, I despise them with all my heart, but nevertheless, they come. But I don't think that I ever remember a church fuss that wasn't initiated by Mr. or Mrs. Carnal. Because, you see, life for them is centered around self. Jesus said, I'm come that others might have life and have it abundantly. The Son of Man came to minister, not to be ministered unto, and people who belong to Jesus ought to be interested in ministering to others, not just being ministered unto. You know, we read in our scripture a while ago about uh, Paul and Apollos and Peter there. And, uh, you know, uh, even in those early days, old self came to the surface, and there were many, many problems. Now suppose <coughs> I had this morning one of these gallon uh, plastic milk jugs and I had it filled and I really wanted to make a good point and I took that thing and I threw it down there and it hit those uh, benches and just spilled all over the first six or seven rows. What would get on the people? 
whatever was in there, right? If it were milk, it would be milk. If it were water, it would be water. Now, tomorrow morning, when you're headed for work and you're running a little late, and a car in front of you is just leisurely taking his vacation time, or when somebody runs ahead of you and gets that parking place, what's going to come out of you? <laughs> right? Whatever is in you. So, let's go back to where we started. Classify yourself. Are you natural? Just going to do what you feel like doing, no matter what anybody else, including God, thinks? Or are you going to be spiritual? You're going to be seeking to be pleasing to the Lord, even in little things like driving? Or are you going to be carnal, obeying God when it's convenient, or when you feel like doing so, classify yourself. Let's pray. Father, uh, it isn't too pleasant oftentimes to classify ourselves. If we're honest and we let your spirit show us where we are, so many of us would certainly need to go into a different direction. I pray that right now, every person in this room, as your spirit is acting upon each heart, I pray that you'll help us to be honest. And Lord, when we see that we're not where we ought to be, please give us the humility to admit it and to ask you to guide us to where you want us to be. Lord, this is the most uncertain time I believe this world has ever been in. We, we see on every hand uh, things that are degenerating. We see a nation that we have loved and lived in just going down and down. And Lord, even though we would like our government to do differently, even though we would pray with all our hearts for the most unbelievable administration that I believe has ever existed, oh God, it all comes back not to the government, not to the lost people, but according to your word in Second Chronicles, your people. Help us, those of us called by your name who really know you, if we will turn from our wicked ways, seek your face, you promise when we prayed you would hear our prayers from heaven. And you would put us on that walkway of the spiritual person. And you said you would heal our land. Oh God, we cry out to you from the very depths of our heart. Make us the kind of people and the kind of nation that you want us to be. In the name of Christ, amen.